Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you get unstuck in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Joey Remini is going to join me as we have a discussion about how to heal tinnitus by applying neuroplasticity. That's right. We're going to talk about things like how the reticular activator in your brain helps you focus on things both positive or negative, and then how you can apply the concept of neuroplasticity to reshape the neural pathways in your brain so that you can actually heal from tinnitus. I know myself, I hear ringing in my ears all the time, and I just thought it was normal. Didn't realize that possibly, just possibly, this could be the result of my service in the military and so on. So I know this particular episode is one that I find applicable to my own life. Joey is also the host of a podcast called Seeking Balance, Neuroplasticity for Vertigo and Tinnitus, and she has also written a book that I've read called Rock Steady, Healing from Tinnitus by Using Neuroplasticity. So sit back and relax unless you are quilting right now and making a nice blanket for somebody you love. Uh, In that case, keep listening to us while you do the quilting as I have this conversation with Joey Remini. Here we go. All right, Joey, how are you doing? I'm really well. It's great to be here. Awesome. And you're you're calling in from Australia, is that correct? Yes. And I'm on the road in a very small village in Victoria, Australia. Oh, nice. I think officially you were the furthest from Dallas, Texas, or Texas in general that we've ever had on the show. So uh, (laughs) I don't know if you can beat Texas or Australia, but... Oh, well. yeah. Anyway, uh, good to have you on here, and uh, thank you for getting up bright and early in the morning for where you are. I mean, it's midday for me, but you said sun's just coming up. Yeah. Awesome, which is going to throw people off when they're listening to this at night, but that's okay. I like to do that to people. Yeah. <laughs> now, we got connected through, uh, I believe, Interview, interview Valet, um, mm. and so we got prepped up for that, and I had gotten a, a copy of your book, uh, Rock Steady. And, um, really was impressed with your work around, you know, uh, using neuroplasticity to, um, really overcome tinnitus and vertigo. And uh, I just love the title of your book because, uh, I used to be in the army, the U S army and, uh, rock steady is something that you hear a lot when you're in the military. So I was like, Oh man. So every time I saw the title and I'd say the title in my head, uh, I would have an army cadence going through my head as if I'm running. So I'm like, so thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, to, to, you know, I guess harness my squirrels and get us back on track. Uh, So a lot of your work is around vertigo and tinnitus. And for our audience, uh, can you just tell us real quickly, uh, you know, what, what are the two and uh, the difference and and why it is such a detriment for folks or, or a distraction for folks? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, they're both really poorly understood and there's a lot of misinformation out there about both of them. So to start with, tinnitus are sounds that we can hear in our head or our ears or our body, but nobody else can hear them. So our ears are collecting information all day long and 
unlike our eyes, you can't blink and you can't close your eyelids and block out sound like you can with vision. All all day long, the ears are collecting sound vibrations through airwaves. And so they're regular sounds coming from the outside world, which help keep us safe and informed about where we are and what's going on. Tinnitus sounds are body sounds generated inside our body that nobody else can hear. And they're actually perfectly healthy and they're harmless. But the, the kind of basic narrative going on is that it, 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 you know, it means you're damaged or you're abnormal or there's something wrong with you. And then, as I'll discuss later on, it can lead to huge amounts of psychological distress and you know, people just wanting to give up life and commit suicide because they can't live in that body. They feel completely trapped and claustrophobic and suffocated by this internal sound. But because we create it, we can also control the volume. So the work I do is about teaching people how to master their senses and take back control of that volume um, switch or remote control. Okay. And so that's tinnitus. It's sound related. And that's yeah. not really something that can go away with like earplugs either. That's internal. No. That's, okay. It's, so it's really happening in the brain and from the ears to the brain all of our sensory messages, whether they're coming from nose, smell, you know, tongue, taste, skin, touch, eyes, vision, or ears, sound and balance. So the, the ears are responsible for not only sound but also balance. All of our sensory input is absolutely critical for keeping us safe and alive. We, we, we couldn't walk, talk, eat, function without our senses. And the brain is interpreting that information from neural pathways and neural patterns that we develop from birth. So when things go wrong with these senses, any of them, you know, taste, smell, touch, any of them, we can manipulate how we repattern those neural maps and reinterpret any lost or erroneous information. So, so tinnitus is sound-related. It's inside of us. And if it takes over, it can feel like we are literally drowning in our own body sound. It's, it's very debilitating and distressing. I have experienced it. Then vertigo, a lot of people think it's like kind of fear of heights, which is, which is another misunderstanding. Vertigo is actually like dizziness would be the common term to describe it. It's, it's, it's a feeling of moving or movement when you know that you're still. Like you might be lying down but you feel like you're spinning or you're sitting still but you feel your stomach drop or you feel like you're rocking backwards and forwards. So vertigo sensations can be described in millions of ways. No two people experience the same vertigo. It's highly individual. It could be vigorous spinning accompanied with vomiting. It could be subtle, drunken, hungover distortions where you just don't feel quite right and you feel a bit like a, a space cadet where everything's just a bit fuzzy. So, it, so there's a real spectrum of vertigo, but at the end of the day, it's balance messages that are erroneous or lost or confused somewhere between the inner ears, the balance organs, uh, the brain centers that are interpreting that, the eyes, which are also part of balance, and the spinal column, which has balance reflexes that are sending highly sensitive and rapid muscle information head to toe. And, And that spinal reflex system is what keeps our head on top of our shoulders and, you know, our shoulders on top of our hips and our hips on top of our ankles so that we don't fall over. So it's a highly integrated whole body system. And the end computing analysis is occurring in the brain, okay. more or less. Yeah. So with vertical, do you have folks who uh, fall over regularly or? Yeah. And a lot of people 
assume it might just be old people, but not at all. Like a lot of my clients are, are really young. It can happen as young as adolescents. Uh, vertigo and tinnitus onset typically occurs with some kind of stressful event. And that can be as simple as a knock to the head while you're playing sport, you know, or a freak car accident, which is like a physical trauma. Um, you know, it's quite common in the military actually with noise exposure, with explosions and guns and or even just loud rock concerts. So that again, that would be a physical trauma. But it can also be an emotional trauma. So, you know, if your parents divorce and you move house and you change schools, that can be highly disruptive, which affects our hormones and hormones really impact how our sensory system um, is interpreted through the body. So the doctors and medical system will really look at the physical state of your ears and brain when, it, when people report tinnitus or vertigo. And so they'll, they'll be looking at, are the ears healthy? Can we find anything anatomically damaged? Is the brain healthy? You know, we'll do an MRI scan. Are the blood tests adequate? You know, is the, are the vital organs working? And, and quite often, actually, people will come back with normal function, normal ears, normal brain. And so then they're like, well, why do I feel this way? I don't feel right. Like you're missing something. And then it can turn into this really chronic psychological catastrophe because they feel incredibly misunderstood and dismissed and they know they don't feel right, which is the truth, but no other medical test can validate that. So that, that's quite common. And then there's also other people who actually have physical damage somewhere um, whether it might be in their inner ears and their, their hearing or balance centres or it could be something shows up in the MRI scan and the doctors say, well, actually we can see a reason for this. But then my clients would be like, well, what do I do about it, doc? And the doctors are like, well, we don't know because doctors don't necessarily specialise in how to change the brain and how to heal the body, but rather how to expertly diagnose where the issue is and then at best really offer anti-depression or anti-anxiety medications, for example, to treat the symptoms of feeling not quite right. So the medical world's quite eluded by these conditions. They're very subtle. They're often quite invisible. Um, and typically people who have chronic and debilitating symptoms will have seen over 15 doctors. So it's a, it, it's a long road. It's exhausting. Yeah, I bet. Jeez. Yeah. And there aren't any physical, uh, unless there's actual uh, damage uh, for a lot of these folks, it sounds like there is no physical, ah, see, that's inflamed or that should sit in that position, but it's in this other position and, and they don't have that. So um, yeah. what do they attribute the, these two issues to if there is no actual damage, at least none that's observable by, by tests well, that they've got? Yeah. So look, let's start with if there is physical damage. Let's say there is some, something's been bruised or damaged in the, the very fragile architecture of the inner ear. And so we're like, okay, we found this. Maybe this happened when you had a virus or even a migraine. And so now you've got this permanent damage to your inner ear. Within six weeks, we expect the body to adapt and completely override that. So it's not that, like, like you can have permanent damage, but there's, there's so much redundancy in the human system that you could actually lose an entire ear. Let's say your left ear gets wiped out. You can hear and balance completely fine with your other ear. So there's a huge amount of redundancy. So within six weeks, we, we expect to see the body to compensate and adapt incrementally huh, wow right so with yeah. physical damage you you get kind of get this six weeks of feeling wonky and you slowly get better like it's it's not the end of the world and you wouldn't write home about it or you know call a magazine like you know 
do some article in a magazine. It's not that much of a big deal. It's just, it's just uncomfortable and a bit annoying. So what I talk about in my book, Rocksteady, and in the work I do is how there's this mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of healing that is often completely overlooked, not discussed and dismissed. And that is really the seat of healing for anyone with chronic symptoms. And chronic symptoms persist longer than three months, longer than six months indeed. For many of my community members, we're talking years or even decades. Oh, man. And this is years and decades of of not really knowing how to get support or where to get support. And they end up, quite understandably, internalizing it and feeling ashamed and abnormal and wrong to themselves because no one's telling them otherwise. So I guess to anyone listening, because it's one in three people hear their body sounds or feel not quite right in terms of dizziness sensations and that lingering kind of brain fog or drunken hungover feeling. It's incredibly common. If anyone listening is feeling that, you you are normal and it's normal to feel those things and it's actually quite normal to feel anxious about it and to want to figure out how to get rid of it or heal it. And when when anyone feels like they're, they're stuck and there's no solutions and there's no cure, um, I, I kind of want to remind people you don't actually need a cure because you don't have to get rid of the tinnitus or get rid of the vertigo. What we need to do is to override the system and create new neural maps so your brain can feel normal again. And you're actually creating an entire new sense of normal, which I think chapter 10 in my book is called Your New Normal. And, and, and it's really important to think about cultivating new neural patterns, which so it's, it's an additive process we're building, um, as opposed to deleting what you don't want to feel, which, it would, which I would say is probably more impossible and leads to disappointment. And that's more the medical model. How do I get rid of what I feel? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Is it normal for folks to hear a ring in their ears, like everybody across the board, or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, and I explain this in detail in my book, you, your body is like a really super complex, awesome, I can nerd out here and, you know, talk about the biology of the ear for ages. It is like a little factory. You know, there are 30,000 fibers carrying your hearing information alone. There's three of the body's smallest bones moving like a little leverage system, tapping against a drum, your eardrum. There's flu- There's, yeah, there's fluid moving. There are tendons and muscles. There's an air-filled cavity that operates like a car garage storing the ear bones, um, keeping them away from the weather. There's the connection to the nasal passages along the eustachian tube. There is a lot going on. And, you know, even if you, you bend your knee or bend your elbow and you might hear a crack or a click, we make mechanical noise in our body. So the fact your body makes noise is normal. Okay. And if I have a big bowl of Italian pasta and scull a liter of water, you know, I might hear my stomach gurgling after a meal. That doesn't make me abnormal because I can hear my body digesting, right? Mm -hmm. In the ear, there's actual mechanical sound that all normal ears make. 
most of the time we can't hear it and we're not aware of it because it's not deemed as important or life-threatening. When we get any kind of trauma to the ear, and it could just be like a cold or an itch or even a pimple, or we get wax cleaned out at the doctor's and our attention is brought to the ear, suddenly people will say, now I hear my ear noise. And it's really actually just psychologically they've shifted from not giving two hoots about their ears, not being aware of what's going on. It's The neuroplasticity just deems it as not relevant, unimportant, and it the volume control just mutes it, right? Mm-hmm. Then when we start focusing on it because we've had our earwax cleaned out and the ears are itchy, suddenly we'd be like, oh, my God, there's noise there. And then we get curious about it and then we focus on it and then we think about it and then we check if it's still there and then we check if it's still there again. And in that process of curiosity and monitoring, we we begin to shift the neuroplasticity to make the tinnitus sound suddenly important, relevant, exciting, or or at worst, life-threatening, abnormal. And then the brain starts to create new neural maps that makes the tinnitus sounds louder, makes them more of a priority and places more neural importance on them by firing more neurons in synchrony, carrying that message. So we change the volume based on the emotional relationship we have to the sound. If we don't care about it and the emotion is neutral, then it it won't get much neural activity. If we hate it, it's a very strong emotion, you get a lot of neural activity allocated towards that sound because the body will see it as life-threatening, um, highly important, and something that it, it, it sees you want to focus on, even though it's coming from a, a place of hatred and wanting to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the brain gives it more energy because that's where you're directing the attention. It sounds almost like, uh, you know, if I buy myself a white BMW and I'd never really noticed white BMWs before, now I own this white yeah. BMW, all of a sudden, all I see are white BMWs. It sounds almost like that in a sense. Like, yeah. you know, I yeah. never heard the sound before, but now I hear it. And oh my goodness, now I can't not hear it. Yeah. And that's, that, that's that, again, it's all part of human survival. I think that's the reticular activating system in the brain. Um, and the same thing happens when you fall pregnant. Suddenly you see pregnant things and people everywhere and conversations yeah. will come to birthing and pregnancy and babies, even though the year before you never thought about it or spoke about it. And it's that we're, we're on the lookout subconsciously for things that we deem as appropriate and important. And so our filter systems change depending on where we are in our circumstances in life and what we're interested in. And so for my clients, the mental, emotional, spiritual part of healing is getting really honest and authentic about thought patterns, about doubts, emotions, like looking at understanding the limbic system and when we're in fight, flight, freeze and falling into habitual patterns of reactivity that are, I suppose, moving us down those very well-worn paths of stress and anxiety and panic and self-doubt. And we want to learn how to consciously turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest, digest, soothe, sleep, that, that system, and to figure out how to do that for ourselves. So we are beginning to start to, to consciously control how our nervous system is interacting with the world around us, but also with ourselves, the self-relationship. Because if we are critical to ourselves and waking up every day going, oh, my God, am I still abnormal? Am I still like this? I should be different. I should be better. I should be healed by now. We're effectively rejecting ourselves and bullying ourselves. And so we have to get really honest about the self-relationship, the self-dialogue. This is all the mental, emotional, and then 
the spiritual is not religious at all. The spiritual is like, well, do I believe in myself? Do I believe in my body to change its neural patterns? Or am I waiting for some external fix, some drug, some device, some person to fix me, to teach me how to heal, to do this for me? And I explain this in detail in my book because this is one of the most misleading and, and kind of inaccurate messages going around the, the health professions and um, medical system at the moment, which is the expert can't tell you how to heal, including me. And, and I work exclusively with vertigo and tinnitus people. I can't meet someone and say, you need to do this. The reason being is I don't know what they're feeling in that moment. I don't know what they want to feel in that moment, which is the path, the neural pathway they want to build. And even if I did know they wanted to feel calm, let's say, I don't know how they do that. I don't know their personality. I don't know what their strategies for engaging the calm neural networks are because I don't know them. So while some, some people might jump on a bike and go for a bike ride, for another person that might be highly triggering and lead them into panic. So no two people cultivate neural patterns and explore their healing in the same way. It's, it's an extremely personal individual process that relies on the spiritual aspect of self-connection, self-knowing, self-study, self-awareness, self-compassion, self-acceptance. And my favorite is self-awe, like A-W-E, arriving at a place of being like, oh my God, my body is complex and miraculous and amazing. I'm actually super fascinated by my body. Like arriving at this place of true fascination and curiosity really it, it shifts things because it's almost a polar opposite of that place of self-criticism where often we start. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, the, the self-awe part of it, that the body we're inside of right now is really the result of two half cells coming together and multiplying in such a way that you now have eyeballs and mouths and brains and yeah. all yeah. that. And it all works together for the most part, you know. And I've actually worked with like, like quite a lot of men, which, which for some, I'm not sure why, but for some reason that, that um, surprises people. But, you know, men experience this just as much as women. And some of, the, some of the messages I get from my male clients are things like, you know, Joey, I've been looking for some form of self-development. You know, I've been wanting to do some kind of meditation thing or just, just something to take me to that kind of place I don't know much about. And they'll say, it's so weird that getting this tinnitus or getting this vertigo has, has, has taken me there because now I'm not only completely recovered from my, heal, my, my vertigo and tinnitus, but I know myself better. I get myself better. I'm more sovereign. I know my choices. I know what I'm doing and why and when. And they're able, so the, a core part of neuroplasticity, which is the body's capacity to change the neural settings, those neural connections, neural synapses. And it's something we all do naturally. And the art of neuroplasticity is about consciously manipulating that process in to get ourselves the best outcomes, right? Instead of just waiting to see what happens naturally and just you know, being patient and hoping for a miracle, we really take the project on and say, I want to feel confident. I want to feel calm. I want to feel at ease in my body. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel vitality. And we take those key feeling words and we begin to develop a daily practice where we implement activities, strategies, thought processes, journaling, whatever people need to start to explore firing those neural networks. So if I want to feel sexy, what do I need to do to actually generate that authentic feeling of sexiness, right? So I explore that for myself and I generate that feeling when I choose. So it's this huge trial and error exploration. Um, yeah, so a lot of these guys will, will, will probably, you know, like, like I relate to as well as a woman, 
get to this place of feeling like I'm on the conveyor belt, I'm in a rut. And I'm, you know, I'm just doing everything for my wife and my partner, my kids, work. I've really lost who I am. I don't do much for myself anymore. I've lost sense of my joy and my connection and priorities and values. And so it's, it really gives them this almighty pause where they stop and take stock of who they are, who they want to be, what's important to them. And a lot of this is a hugely mental, emotional, spiritual process, which has incredible physical outcomes. And this is where the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual layers are all interconnected. And so it's really impossible to just look at the physical and go, okay, well, I'm just going to look at diet and exercise and behaviors and postures and medication and devices, which is all physical, and just hope I get better. And people spend so much money and exhaust so much time on that physical layer of healing without really exploring mental patterns, you know, the emotional aspect of healing and the spiritual locus of control. And so my rough steady book really breaks down that process. It includes, you know, home exercise practice ideas. So people can start that exploration and start the self-study. Um, and of course, the, my colleagues, my medical colleagues, they do an excellent job at making sure we're not dying because the last thing you want to do is meditate or write in a journal if there's actually a tumor growing and you just have to get it removed, yeah. right? So <laughs> you need to take care of that. Yeah, the medical doctors are absolutely phenomenal at figuring out is there any medical intervention needed right now or are all of your internal systems really doing a pretty good job and as far as we can see, everything's relatively normal. And then it's like you get that medical clearance even if you don't get a diagnosis. So there's lots of fancy words and fancy diagnosis names out there. None of them really matter. Those fancy words are more for us medical professionals and health professionals so we can document and write each other letters. The person, <laughs> the person going through it, like, like I'm Joey. I'm not my diagnosis, right? I've had benign paroxysmal positional vertigo or BPV. I've had vestibular migraine, but I'm not those things. I'm Joey. So it's really important to not be anal about needing a diagnosis because that's a trap to, that, that stops healing. So medical clearance, and, and again, I discuss this in my book because it's such a huge trap that so many millions of people are falling into. They never start healing and they just go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor to osteopath to naturopath to spiritual healer, you know, you name it. They're looking for the definitive diagnosis, the definitive answer and the definitive cure, and they're actually missing the whole process of healing. Yeah. I, you know, I was going to add, you know, Western medicine is really good about, you know, taking a look at the symptoms and treating the symptoms so you know yeah and, and looking for the things that are obviously not supposed to be there like you, you mentioned a tumor in somebody's brain or a tumor anywhere you know those aren't supposed to be there um you know pain because you got a broken leg all right that broken bone is not supposed to be broken well we, we can fix that and then we'll treat you for the pain because the bone was broken but yeah it sounds like something like vertigo and uh, tinnitus that uh there may not be anything physically wrong but you know, those nerves are, are firing off those signals for some reason. Um, and yeah, I, I can see where people get hung up. They want to get labeled or they want, or something we've come across on this show, you know, maybe not so much to a medical condition, uh, or a medical issue, but just being stuck in a rut, say with their marriage or with, uh, you know, a job, a career that stalled out, you know, they're, they're looking for something to blame outside of themselves. And, um, Whereas 
there is that power within them to make some differences internally. You know, maybe uh, I'm sabotaging myself in my career. Maybe I'm sabotaging my relationship. That's that's exactly the thing. And I think for my clients with vertigo and tinnitus, and, and I'm referring to chronic, persistent, debilitating. So not just a, a passing buzz in the ear or just a, a little moment of dizziness, like they're living in it, you know, most of the time every day. It's, it's all of these things you're talking about. They have like a lot of my clients will stop. So, so if I use my own example, it got to a point in my life where it was like suddenly, it was like I couldn't even keep food down. Like my, my system was so agitated and distressed. And I, at the time, you don't know why. You're just like, what's going on? But when I stopped and really reflected one moment in my life, I'd been not feeling well for actually four years. And I was just slowly, slowly, slowly kind of getting more uncomfortable in my body. I realized my brother had broken his neck skiing and become a quadriplegic, which is massive. It's, you know, it's almost like losing a really close person in my life. And so he was reinventing himself from being an elite athlete to being a quadriplegic. And it dawned on me that he was doing better at accepting and coping with it than I was because my strategy was to be cheerful, to be upbeat, you know, talking about neuroplasticity and the way he can heal himself and just have hope and the role I was playing in my family was to be strong and steady and cheerful and optimistic. And it dawned on me four years later, I'd never grieved. I'd never been sad. I'd never cried. And so I sat with this and I could hear this voice in my mind kind of going, Joey, you just cry, cry a river, cry as many tears as you need because this is sad. And you had to be cheerful for your family and that was a role you played, but it's okay to be sad. And it was just this moment of liberty because suddenly all of this emotional pent-up stuckness of not feeling the sadness that was there, it lifted. And I felt it literally move through my body and leave my body. And, a, and I was left with a softness and an authenticity and a deep, deep sense of self-seeing. Like I was seeing myself for the first time and self-acceptance and self-compassion. And it was really one of those pivotal moments that from then on I healed. Mm. Because I had so much like emotional baggage that I I was kind of rejecting and ignorant to. And anyway, that, so that little moment led to me leaving the University of Melbourne where I was just not happy. Like it was the best job. I reached my ceiling. I really couldn't go much higher. The system didn't suit me. I felt like my soul was squashed. I couldn't creatively and compassionately approach my client's healing with this mental, emotional, spiritual approach. I felt really stuck in the physical model. So I had the courage to leave the University of Melbourne, leave the city, move back home to the town where my brother was and where he was healing. I wanted to be available to him, to be a friend, to be a carer. I took up surfing. I took up the violin again, which I'd quit for 16 years. Mm. I bought my first investment unit. And just, I made all these little decisions. I started my own business. I shifted my career towards, you know, took a really big risk in setting up a whole new approach to vertigo and tinnitus that was world leading, holistic, much more compassionate and creative. And the rest is history. I mean, I, I live an amazing life now. I'm much more connected to what makes me happy, to what my purpose is, to how I can best serve the world and how I can take self-responsibility is where this conversation started, yeah. how I can take self-responsibility for what I'm feeling and what my body's telling me and what those indicators might mean. Because really, I had four years of a deep kind of unsettled unhappiness and it was really showing up as anxiety, depression, tinnitus, vertigo, or just really feeling off. Yeah. And just for clarity for our audience, uh, you're talking about those who've 
gotten or received, I should say. <laughs> I'm so conscious about my, my inappropriate use of grammar here. Um, but you're talking about those who have been medically cleared. There's, there's no injury or damage to the parts in the ear. And so from there, you're able to take this holistic approach and apply neuroplasticity to, um, identify really what, what are those root causes that you're going through that, that maybe it's the emotional trauma. Maybe it's a, you know, just how you see yourself, that self uh, relationship you had mentioned earlier, and then uh, reshaping how you. It's, it's extremely rare for someone to not have medical clearance. Like when, when the rug is just thrown cold from underneath you and your world is thrown upside down, it's extremely rare for someone not to go to a doctor and go, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So medical clearance tends to happen certainly within the first six months. And some people are proactive. It happens in the first week. Mm-hmm. And the doctors will just clearly and calmly say, we can't find anything. You, your heart's fine. Your lung's fine. Your brain seems fine. Just wait and see. You know? Yeah. The doctors will say, don't worry about it, which is technically really good advice, except how do you, don't, how do you not worry about it? And that's <laughs> yes. the part of neuroplasticity. It's like, well, how do I know myself and how do I learn my personality, even my learning behaviors, my motivations, how do I sh- shift from a place of worry and freak out to actually I'm okay with this, I'm happy to, to body scan and be in my body and notice what I'm sensing and feeling and shift how I respond to that. And so the neuroplasticity is, is looking at the how. And again, this is, this is really the educational process I take people through, which is which is rock steady, which is both a book and an online 12-week program where people have all the videos and audios and that really nurtured self-study process with um, peer group calls and things. So Okay. Now, you also have a podcast, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, I try and – so, one of my kind of missions, I suppose you would say, is to shift the inappropriate dialogue on the internet about these conditions because so much of it is really misleading and absolutely toxic. Mm Mm-hmm. Reason for that is because you're surrounded by people who say things like, you've got to live with it, you'll never heal, there's no cure. The danger is you'll begin to believe that. Yeah. And that truly is dangerous because that belief system is the spiritual part of your healing. And if you believe there's no cure and you can't heal because 10 people on the internet told you, you won't heal. It's as simple as that. You, you have to have the belief. So I created a um, podcast and YouTube channel to share really educated and um relevant conversations for these conditions and I interview a lot of people who have experienced the healing process and they share what it felt like for them to go through neuroplasticity and all of the doubts they had to face and the fears they had to overcome and it's just it's a really beautiful human conversation so I actually love recording Um, I have been on maternity leave in the last little while so I've been a bit quiet but it brings me great joy to interview people who have done the hard yards and they've they've gone from the pit of despair and deep anxiety to a place of just total self-knowing and you know they're, they're rock steady they do it and i believe your guests are a lot of folks who are clients of yours or have gone through the process themselves in some way many of them not all of them i also interview just interesting people around the world who who have because i guess what what it all boils down to and we kind of touched upon this before we, we hit record is how do i be a whole person yes and looking at the whole person, not the diagnosis or the label or the gender or their job or their status, 
And so really any conversation that incorporates dropping into truth and honesty and authenticity in, in who I am and how I'm showing up in this moment, it's, it's so simple. Like honestly, being present, living a life that is based on presence and non-judgment, that is really the key to both neuroplasticity and rewiring the mapping of your inner world, which again, it sounds daunting, but I explain it really easy to understand in my book. The book's okay. called Rocksteady. So learning how to remap our inner world comes back to presence and non-judgment, which is a way of life. And it's about being a whole person and accepting ourselves as we are. And it's that kind of warts and all. Even the bits that are uncomfortable or I'm struggling with, how can I lean into those and create space for that mm-hmm. without being in inner conflict and resisting myself, which is what can lead to a lot of those neural patterns we don't like. Now, if folks want to reach out to you and uh, become part of or, or go through the educational program or process, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you for that? I would say go to my website, which is seekingbalance.com.au. And from there, you'll, you'll learn about my free offerings and who I am and what I do and all, all of the various programs I offer. Uh, and the book Rocksteady, people can buy online from wherever they choose. So that's, that's just like purchasing any book. All right. And then um, in honor of Brandon, the founder of Beyond the Rut, uh, if somebody just happened to be in Australia and they wanted to pop by your house, uh, what's your home address? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't, don't answer that. <laughs> I, I told him I would keep that that uh, question going at the end, but uh, no one's ever answered it. And uh, I'll just stop anybody before they start um, doing it. In fact, somebody earlier almost gave me their address and I had to stop him. I'm like, no, 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 no. That, that was a total joke. Um, <laughs> he, he was a pastor of a church. So he's just like, yeah, I'll Aww. give my address out. I'll oh, welcome anybody. I'm like, no, you gotta, you gotta say no. Stranger danger. <laughs> Stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, well, Joey, thank you so much for getting on here with me and talking about tinnitus and vertigo. Um, cause I'm pretty sure there are folks who are experiencing it. I mean, the whole time I was actually thinking about, okay, I always hear a ringing in my own ears. Do I have it? Uh, so anyway, you're going to have me reflecting on that for a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you see me signing up for the education process, you know why. It's like, okay, maybe he is going through it. There's nothing wrong with hearing any sounds in your ears or your head. And there's nothing wrong with feeling a little off kilter and imbalanced either. It's really how are we responding to those signals our body's giving us? Yeah. And is it leading us into a place of distress and confusion and catastrophe? Or are we able to go, you know what? I think I just need an early night and a glass of water. And that's, that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, it's, it's how we're responding to it, I think, is is the, the, the bigger kind of conversation. Okay. So maybe yeah. I am okay. Cause I, I, I do always <laughs> hear something. Uh, and then just, there are some periods where it's really loud and then I'm like, Oh, okay. It's there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then it kind of gets quiet again. So yeah, you'll know if you need the program, believe me. Okay. It'll get really loud and I can't stop it no matter what. Could be. Good. Awesome. Well, um, thank you again for being on the show. And we're going to make sure that we have your book linked into our show notes, uh, your website, uh, podcast, and and all those resources. Uh, any final words that you want to share with our audience before we go? Oh, well, I guess my wish for everybody on the planet is that they, they really value themselves and that they learn to be in awe of their body because it doesn't matter what kind of body you're living in or how that body presents itself. It's a miracle and it's amazing. And my wish is that every person living in a human body begins to recognize what a, what a sacred and blessed vehicle it is that we've been given. Well, thank you again, Joey. Beautiful. Thank you.
Now, I'm glad that you listened in on this episode, and some of the takeaways that I got out of this were that tinnitus is a thing, that even if medical experts and professionals aren't able to find specific hardware damage, or, you know, like injuries to our own bodies, that we still can suffer from tinnitus, that ringing in the ears. The, the second takeaway we got was that uh, our reticular activator really hones in on something. So if we notice, you know, if we ourselves buy like a white Volkswagen Beetle, we start to recognize other white Volkswagen Beetles. And same thing, if we notice the ringing in our ears, we start to notice that. If we recognize something is always going wrong or we have that mindset, then that's all we ever see. And that was something we wanted to point out is that what you tend to focus your brain on, you start to see it everywhere. And whether it's tinnitus or something else, you can recognize that the reticular activator is at work to help bring certain things to light in the world around you. But the other thing that we talked about, the other takeaway was that with neuroplasticity, the idea that we can retrain our brains and have new neural pathways, we can train ourselves to go a new path. And whether that is healing from tinnitus or creating new habits or just reshaping our outlook on the situations and circumstances around us. So I hope you found great value in those takeaways or you got the same type of takeaways or maybe you got a whole new set of takeaways from this episode. Whatever the case may be, you found value in this episode, and the best way you can pay this show back is to share it with somebody right now. And chances are, the application that you're listening this on has a share button. Because if you're on a smartphone, a computer, there is a share button. Go ahead and hit that share button and share this episode with somebody you know, somebody you think would find value and benefit from this episode. And that's the best way you can pay us back. Now, I'm grateful that you love this episode that you were here with me this week and i look forward to joining you again next week uh but before that some of the things that i want to leave for you is we have the show notes for this episode at beyond the rut.com slash 267 that's right this was episode 267 therefore the show notes are easily found there uh, you can also find other episodes about how to get unstuck and live the life you always dreamed of at beyondtherut.com and there you'll find links to a variety of resources, past guests where we're located on the internet with this show and so much more now I can say until next week, go live life beyond the rut, take care You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.